Hello everyone and welcome to Wait, What? Grappling with Issues in Education. I'm Craig Mertler and I'm here with my wife Kate Mertler. Hello. And this is our inaugural episode. And so we want to start off first by just introducing ourselves um, just very quickly to give you a little bit of background and then talk a little bit about what we're going to be doing in this podcast. So uh, I've been an educator for 32 years at the high school level and, and mostly at the uh, university level. I'm an education professor at Arizona State University. Um, my areas of expertise include educational research and action research in schools. And Kate? Uh, I'm currently a reading spe specialist at a charter school, but this is going to be my 25th year in education and I've Started, I started the field with uh, teaching pre-K, and now I am, uh, you know, I've been in higher ed. I taught undergrad and graduate students uh, at the college level, <laughs> and I've taught at private and public schools uh, throughout the United States. Um, so we both have a wide range of experiences to pull from when we discuss our issues. And so um, there's a couple of sort of uh, probably opposing issues that will come up during these podcasts. One is the fact that I tend to represent the research side of things and Kate tends to represent the practitioner side of things. Although I think from a research side, I still tend to be a little bit more practitioner oriented than a traditional uh, researcher. At times. At times. Mm -hmm. yeah. right. um, and of course, we are husband and wife. And so that of course implies that there will be times that we don't agree with each other. No, but we respect each other. But we do respect yes. each other. And those, uh, you know, those will become part of our, our conversations and podcasts. So the first issue that we chose to talk about in our inaugural podcast is the issue of homework. And we wanted to do this primarily because, you know, it's uh, middle of July, people are starting to think about getting ready to go back to school. Mm -hmm. Even though uh, parents may not be uh, or may be ready for their kids to they go back to school, ready. and the kids are not yeah, ready to go no. back to school. But, but teachers are definitely ready to get back into their classrooms. I've spoken to a lot of my teacher friends, and they're very excited. Uh, teachers get just as excited as kids do on the first uh, you know, day back. So they're planning for the school year, and homework always comes up. It's always something that teachers feel is a necessary evil. And you know, if if you've followed this issue um, over the last probably I don't know ten years or so, it's really become a bigger issue than I think what it ever was when most of us out there were kids dealing with our own homework issues. Um, and I think it's probably because of a variety of issues um, related to things like the implementation of Common Core standards and the increased accountability efforts across the country in our schools and the fact that time has become more restricted mm -hmm. in terms of what we have mm -hmm. um, available to us to do with kids in, in the, schools in the during, classrooms. during yeah. the amount of a lot of time that we have That's every true. day. And so um, I think from a lot of teachers' perspectives and schools in general, mm -hmm. they probably feel pressured that a lot more of that work and learning and reinforcement kinds of stuff needs to be done at home in the form of homework. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I think that we've seen over the last 
decade or so. A trend, yeah. Uh, an upward trend mm -hmm. in, in terms of the amount of homework that's being assigned um, to, to kids. Um, K-12, really. I mean, mm -hmm. um, kids as early as... Oh, kindergarten. You know, Our kindergartners kinder go home with homework. Kindergarten and first yeah. grade have homework, yeah. which most of us when we were kids never had no, to No, it was play-based, definitely. Yeah. Kindergarten was play-based, which is it can't be anymore because, like you said, all the common core and the standards and the, you know, getting the children to do what they need to do to move on to the next grade. I think the pressure. Um, but it's, it's also important to mention that we um, also have a son. And so we have been on the flip side. Um, we've been sitting at the kitchen table doing homework. Um, some happy, some not so happy. <laughs> so um, we, we've had that experience. Uh, so um, one of the things that we thought we would start off with today is um, I just want to do a quick little summary of some of the uh, more recent research um, in terms of you know, what, what people have found out in terms of the effectiveness of homework and, and how meaningful it really is. Um, and so I'm just gonna highlight some things from some, some recent research. And probably first and foremost is the fact that there has never been a consistent link shown between homework and student achievement. Um, there are studies that show positive effects, there are studies that show no effects, and there are studies that show negative effects. And of course, this is the way a lot of educational research is. Um, whenever we deal with research with human beings, nothing is 100%, nothing is clear cut. Um, it all depends on situations and, and so forth. Um, but the fact is that there's, there's, no, there's nothing definitive out there, one direction or the other. Um, there are certain uh, groups of students who appear to have more success in terms of the connection between homework and student achievement. Um, older students seem to benefit more from homework than do younger students, which is interesting considering the fact that we just said that kindergartners and first graders are getting homework now. Okay, but let's look at that. Let's talk about that right there. Why, why do you think that was found in a study? Um, well, without, without knowing the specifics of the study, I would guess that there's probably some sort of connection between the type of homework that's being given to kids at earlier ages, at younger ages. Um, and I would probably question how truly effective or meaningful that homework is for young mm. kids. Uh, and, and don't get me wrong, I know that there's a lot of homework that's assigned for older kids that is really and truly busy work. It doesn't reinforce much right. of anything. Um, you know, it doesn't, um, especially in terms of conceptual learning or things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but, at, you know, if you think about what kinds of homework are you giving a six-year-old? But aren't you giving a six-year-old homework to not just reinforce that they learn it, but that their parents are actively engaged in their learning process to well, get that process going? I think there are a lot of reasons. I think that's a, that's a very important one, is that that does tend to get parents more involved in their kids' education at a younger age, when a lot of them are not doing that because they're viewing kindergarten, for example, and first play grade based. as mm -hmm. play-based and, and no longer as that way. an extension of mm -hmm. preschool. Right. Uh, daycare, if you will. And if you get the parents actively involved at the younger age, then it's going to be more likely that it carries through. 
Well, you would hope. Um, I mean, yeah, absolutely. There, you would think that that would stand a reason that the the more they're involved earlier on, the mm-hmm. there's a greater tendency for them to be involved as the as the students grow older, their children mm-hmm. grow older. Okay. Um, but you know, one of the other things that's related to that, I think, and and maybe this is another potential benefit, is that some research has shown that homework, especially in younger kids, and let's say, you know, even older elementary, that while there isn't a huge advantage to um, the academic learning or or academic achievement, that there are other side benefits of the inclusion of homework. For example, teaching kids responsibility. Oh, absolutely. Teaching them time management. Oh, routine. Um, yeah. And so these kinds of things, excuse me, the dogs are going a little nuts, so we're, we're trying to calm them down. Um, yes, that, we're real people. This is what happens. So anyway. Um, yeah, so there are other, other things like that, you know, non-academic benefits, you know, d- developing study habits, um, you know, uh, sh- trying to teach kids that sometimes there are things that have to come before playtime or before video game time or TV time or things mm-hmm. like that. Um, so, I mean, there are other kinds of potential non-academic benefits um, as well. So. Um, things that we need to factor in. And again, uh, you know, the, the argument could be made, is the only reason for homework academic learning or academic achievement? No. And I think, I think that you know, many educators would probably argue that no, that's not the only reason behind it. And I think if you ask some of our teachers when we were kids, if that was the only reason for giving homework, I think a lot of them would say no, there are other reasons you know, to, to do that. Mm-hmm. And you know, helping helping people, kids to learn accountability and responsibility. But again, the counter argument is, do they need to learn that when they're six years old? Well, I think they do. And I think their parents need to learn the value of education um, at that and, and being involved because, but then I think what happens to those kids who go home and who don't have anybody to help them or they didn't understand it and their parents don't understand it. So I think there needs to be some flexibility on educators' part, too. Yeah, I know that both Kate and I have had experiences, Kate, when she was teaching fourth grade and and when I was teaching high school, that, um, you know, we had kids that we assigned homework to along with everybody else in our classes, and the homework just never got done. And, you know, when when you're a a beginning teacher or a teacher early Mm -hmm. in his or her career, Mm -hmm. and you see that kind of thing go on, the first reaction that I think many professional educators tend to have is that this is a student who doesn't value his education, mm-hmm. this is a student who doesn't care about learning, mm-hmm. this is a student who is defying me by not doing homework, mm-hmm. and you know, you spend a little time digging a little bit deeper and you find out that there are all kinds of issues in the home where, you know, for example, it may be that the, parent, or that the, that the child comes from a one-parent home and that parent works a second yeah. shift. Or two jobs. Or two jobs. And so there's no one there in the afternoon and evening to help that that child with with his or her homework. Um, Well, education is not a one-size-fits-all. And you you have to learn to change things for each student and modify it. And that includes homework. And that may be an, uh, an advantage 
to assigning homework is the fact that you, you do have an opportunity to do some things that are a little bit more customized mm-hmm. by doing that, you know, if need be or the situation right. warrants it. Um, you know, let's, let's go on to a couple of other um, um, highlights from research. Um, you know, one of the other things that, that a lot of research on homework has shown is that too much homework actually has negative effects. And that probably shouldn't surprise anybody um, <laughs> just because, you know, too much does things like, um, especially for older kids, it burns them out, mm-hmm. it cuts into their sleep. So then they're not getting enough sleep at night. We already know the teenagers don't get well, enough sleep at night. And then they're getting turned off by a subject that they might like because... You know, they're getting too much. Homework. Yeah, and I think that, um, I mean, we saw that with our son. Uh, our, our son loved school to death until he got to, to high school. And then all of a sudden, there were a lot of subjects that he just really got turned off to. And I think there were a, a multitude of reasons, but one of them was probably related to mm-hmm. the amount and the nature of homework that yeah. he was given. And a lot of times he, and, and we probably did argue this with him, but a lot of times he saw it as busy work. So it was not something that was advantageous to him. He didn't understand why he was doing it. And so that became mm-hmm. frustrating and he developed a dislike mm-hmm. for for the subject matter. Well, so even with, you know, in his late elementary school years, and, and I see this in the schools when I'm out there too, teachers don't need to give 20 math problems of the same type of math problem. Mm. You know, we've said that for how long? Uh, if they can prove they can do it in five, why do you give them 20? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, right. So. Well, and you know, this, um, this brings up something else um, sort of interesting. That, you know, some of the other things that um, research has shown is that one of the things that can happen as a side effect of uh, the assigning of homework is that the achievement gap between high and low achievers actually becomes widened. Oh, sure. Because high achieving students who are already bright and mm-hmm. capable um, benefit more from homework than lower achievers do. But that may go back to some of the things that Kate said is that lower achievers aren't finding homework useful. They're not finding it you know, meeting their needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're struggling with it and it's turning them off to that. Right. You know, one of the other things that this sort of brings to mind is the idea of really, well, customizing homework by really changing your approach to how you teach in the first place. And the idea of, you know, flipping a classroom and doing mm-hmm. doing the homework type of things in class with students, right. but mm-hmm. having them do more instructional sorts of things at home on their own. But what but happens again, if they can't do it? What happens if there's no, no one at home to help no. them or if they don't get it and then they go into the classroom and they need to ask questions and there are, every classroom has them, there are those students who sit in the back and they don't get it so therefore they're quiet. Right. And you know the the bottom line too is that some people say oh yeah this is this this will really solve all of our problems because you know for example um, you know, I'm going to have my kids watch a, a, a video mm-hmm. on solving quadratic equations, you know, solving for unknowns in quadratic equations, and then we're going to come in to school tomorrow and we're going to do the homework. No. But they still have to do something at home. And they have to be engaged. And and, I, right. I, and, and, <laughs> and like Kate said, if they don't have the parental support, no. if they don't have internet access, if they don't have whatever that they need yep. to do that, they're still being required to do things at home on their own time. Yep. Now, I'll be the first to argue that there's not enough time in the day 
for teachers to do everything that they need to do. So there has to be some, some other be. way mm -hmm. to, to address that issue. Mm -hmm. um, you know, homework has been the easiest one, just whatever you don't get yeah. done during the day, you give it to kids yeah. to do overnight and they bring it in the next day. Um, and all of this, these things that we're talking about, changing how you do things, require a huge shift in mindset for the classroom teacher and probably also for administrators to support what teachers are doing in schools mm -hmm. if they're going to take a different approach to supplemental work yeah. that used to be in the form of homework. Absolutely. Can, I, can I ask you another question? Yeah. How do you feel about projects that are done at home? So it's homework, but they're projects that are done at home. Because I mean, how many times have we sat down on the weekend and we had huge projects to do? And well, I still see it happening today. I guess, I, I, I guess for me there are a couple of pros, but there are also a couple of potential cons. I like the idea of doing projects at home as long as they're also reinforced in school. So there needs to be some time where, the, where students have an opportunity to work with the teacher, to ask the teacher mm -hmm. questions about the project. Mm -hmm. It can't be this, here's the assignment, it's due in six weeks, bring it in six weeks from now and I'll grade it. Mm -hmm. There's got to be more to it than that. Um, but I, I like the idea that it's not something that has to be crammed into one evening and do the next day, that it can be spread out over time. Sure. But um, you know, that usually does happen. Well, <laughs> it doesn't have to happen. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's an opportunity to spread out that work over time so that it, so that it can fit a little bit better with but your schedule. But don't you also think you're dealing, I mean, you have that factor of the have and the have nots, the kiddos who have the parent support, who have the means to go out and buy the things that are needed for this project, and then you have the students who don't. So then you, you have that factor in. Oh yeah, I mean, all that stuff comes into play, and I think that those are things, again, and I, and I hate to always put this responsibility back on the classroom teacher, but I think the teacher has to be a little bit more creative about ways that those projects are assigned mm -hmm. or the nature of those projects. You know, one of the other things that you can do, but this also presents a challenge is instead of giving students a project to do on a certain topic, why not within that topic give them options uh, between three or four different projects oh, to do, yeah. where some might require going out and purchasing supplies and, and whatnot, not, and are. others don't. Mm -hmm. um, and some could ha incorporate technology and some not, because in this day and age... Exactly. Mm -hmm. Now, I think the challenge is, from the teacher's perspective, is that if a student can choose option A, B, C, or D, the challenge is that they need to be relatively right. equivalent, not in terms, well, I think in terms of a lot of things. They need to be relatively well, equivalent content, in right? time, in terms of the time required, yeah. um, in terms of the skills that students are demonstrating in those projects and in the products that, they, that they're producing mm -hmm. um, so that they are relatively comparable. And that's, that's admittedly, tough. it's mm -hmm. not an easy thing to right. do. Um, but that is at least a potential solution where, where, where students can have some options and or parents can have some options mm -hmm. in what their, their, their children do in terms of yeah. those projects. Um, yeah. Some projects are going to be easier to, or some content is going to be easier to do that with than others. Sure. You know, admittedly. Sure. So. Well, and I think that open line of communications that teachers have to have with parents and guardians is so crucial when it comes to homework and projects that are done at home that they have to be able to be there 
for the parents to come in and say, we don't get this, or I'm struggling with this, or this is too much. And the teachers need to take that in and adjust. And, and you know what? I've, most educators do. Not all. I can't say all. Um, but once the parents come in and, be, and voice how it's affecting their, them at home, teachers are willing to work with them. And, you know, I think one of the things that we have to keep in mind, too, is that we have to recognize and acknowledge the fact that the family unit in 2017 is a very different family unit, unit than what it was in um, 1955, 1985. <laughs> I mean, You're right. no, absolutely. You know, people's lives are busier for better or worse. Um, and I don't think that the solution is just to continue to pile homework on kids and expect them to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to find alternative, um, effective ways to do that. I don't know what the answer is, uh, but I think that we have to be open to it. And I think that we have to be creative about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that we have to, um, I hate to use this phrase, but I think we have to think outside the box a little bit and, and, and be creative and innovative in terms of how we do that with kids. Um, you know, there are pockets of teachers all around the country who do some really incredible things when it comes to supplementing and supporting student learning in and out of school. Um, and, you know, I think one of the best things that we can do is to try to learn from each other in terms of what people are trying and not be afraid to try right. some different things out. So maybe, you know, through this forum, people can post what they're doing and what's working and and post what doesn't work because you know in education we learn from what doesn't work yeah and we would love to hear from mm-hmm. uh, any of you out there who are listening if you've got something that really has worked we will do a follow-up uh, podcast to this and, and share some of the things that people have shared with us um, and so yeah I, I think that um, you know there's th- this is one of those typical issues that we will likely talk about in this podcast where there are, it's not a black and white no. issue. It's not mm-hmm. clear cut um, from a research perspective or a practical perspective. It's mm-hmm. just not clear cut. And that's part of what we want to talk about is just to share our views and give all of you out there an opportunity to think about these things um, and hopefully um, and respond if, to them. If yeah, need be, think absolutely. about them differently and respond mm-hmm. to them and share them with your colleagues and, mm-hmm. and you know, let's, let's, continue to to um, open dialogues about these kinds of things um, in an effort to to move our practice forward absolutely we're in together right always have been always have been always will be okay Um, so hey that's that's it for today's podcast we appreciate everybody tuning in and uh, please check back with us next time yeah hey bye-bye bye-bye